0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Special Edition is a production of Intercom Communications.
2: Thanks for tuning in to Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. Coming up this week, we'll tell you about a three-on-three basketball tourney in Lackawanna County that also has information on organ donation awareness. Upcoming Harwood Fire Department August Bazaar has great food. And two other events that are happening this weekend. Two of the women from Safe supporting autism and families everywhere here with details about their organization and their fundraiser on Monday. That's a golf tournament at the Wyoming Valley Country Club. And also Augie Barhite with a salute to Veterans Ride number 20, Sunday, at the Geno Merley Center in Scranton. It is going to be a big Sunday. In I sh- Lackawanna County, Augie.
1: I sure hope so. It it's is. It's the 20th.
2: Wait, the tw- Holy cow, the 20th on the 21st. Yeah. What's coming?
1: We got the Salute to Veterans ride number 20. All our monies are raised to benefit the veterans and residents of the center up there.
2: It is the Genome Early Center. Yes. And we're talking about motorcycles and helpers. Motorcycles
1: and, and- Anyone that wants to come out and participate and support the veterans.
2: All right. What time?
1: Registration starts at 9 o'clock. There'll be a short ceremony about 1130, 1145, 12 o'clock. The kickstands are up and we're gone. We take a short ride up through Falls and the Abingtons and come back and have a little bit of lunch with the residents.
2: Now, if somebody is listening and they're saying, I don't have a motorcycle, but I'd really like to be able to help out. What can they do?
1: Just come on down and. See us.
2: And what time? Any any time?
1: Anytime after 9 o'clock, and we can do whatever they want to do.
2: Now, this is the 20th ride. Yes. And what is the official title?
1: Salute to Veterans Ride.
2: You're involved with just the local group, or do you have National coming in?
1: Uh, There will be a few uh, people from National coming in. Unfortunately, it's the same day as their meeting so a couple guys skip the meeting and do the ride. We're not only involved here locally. We go down to Washington, D.C. This year was our last for that. But we're going to break up next year and do regional rides oh. on Memorial Day weekend. New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, and I believe New England will be going together. And we'll be doing something probably out in Jersey or New York. Yeah.
2: So not only will this be the 20th, this is going to be the final
1: not for us.
2: Oh, not no, for you? No, not oh, for us. okay. You got me scared there for No, a just a
1: national ride. Oh, okay. Things got a little expensive in D.C. down there. Uh, just the security at the Pentagon parking lots. Yeah. It, it just went out, out of sight, the cost of it.
2: So this way, at least, you can keep everybody local. Exactly. And everybody can, can right. join in. The folks at the Geno Murley Center in Scranton. right? Wonderful veterans.
1: Oh, they are. It, it's great to go in there. If you come out Sunday and maybe want to do something, you can go upstairs and bring a vet down It's in a wheelchair, push him out, visit with him. Maybe he'll want to go out and see the motorcycles. You can push him around the parking lot. It's just an all-out good time. Usually, everybody walks away with a big smile
2: on their face. Absolutely. And you do these things, not only just the big motorcycle ride that's coming up on Sunday, but you and your group are there throughout the year oh
1: yeah during the winter in the off season we do six bingos it's a monthly bingo that we go up and we do on a sunday afternoon uh last year and this year we started something new i don't think anybody in the state has done it yet is a trap shoot what yeah we uh partnered up with moscow sportsman club and we take the vets up and they shoot their clay birds. and this year we set up the pistol and rifle range with 22 so they could shoot balloons. Nice. It seemed that they had more fun shooting the balloons than they did <laughs> the, the <laughs> trying to hit that little bird the, flying. The bird you
2: know? yeah. Oh, that's nice. There's somebody who is also listening and they're thinking, well, that group got involved. How can somebody else get involved? Can they contact you?
1: Sure. Third Wednesday of every month at 7 o'clock, we meet at the VFW down here in DuPont on Main Street. And it's down in the basement. They've got a a meeting room down there. Come on down, see what we're all about, and see if you'd like to join.
2: And the big thing about that is, as well, you don't have to have a motorcycle.
1: Exactly. The big thing with us is, you want to help a veteran? Come out and see us.
2: Okay, so give us the details one more time now. This is happening where, when, for who, and all that stuff.
1: Okay, it's happening Sunday. This Sunday, July 21st, at the Genome Early Veterans Center. Registration starts at 9, 12 o'clock, kickstands are up, and we're off for our ride. And when we get back, we'll have a little lunch with the veterans.
2: So if people get there and you're not there in mass with the motorcycles, stay put because you'll be back.
1: Yes, that's it. We'll be back probably 1.30. We try to spread it out for about an hour and a half so they can transition from... The registration everything in the front to the lunch in the back
2: ah the lunch in the back that's, that's right. important and if that's you it. don't have a bike
1: still come on out
2: come on out and enjoy support them Augie Barhide representing Pennsylvania Chapter 3 Rolling Thunder with the Salute to Veterans Ride 20 this Sunday morning, Geno Murley Veterans Center in Scranton. Now we introduce you to Eileen Perchak. She's the Executive Director of SAFE along with Peggy Juraco. She is the Assistant Director and Social Media Director. SAFE, supporting autism and families everywhere. They have a fundraiser coming up on Monday, July 20. 22nd at the wyoming valley country club it is a golf outing and they'll have information as to how you can find out more including visiting their facebook page today we're going to be talking with eileen and peggy and they are from safe s-a-f-e
3: now eileen for our listeners what exactly does safe mean safe stands for supporting autism and families everywhere we were founded in 1995 to help families affected with autism. Uh, we're a 501 nonprofit. Basically, what our mission is to do is to support and empower families. I have a son who is now 23 years old, and when I, he first got diagnosed in Northeast PA, there wasn't a whole lot of services for autism. And that's just 23 years. Correct. Yeah. Uh, we've come leaps and bounds. Um, Northeast PA is probably one of the best places in the area for autism services. So when my son was first diagnosed, first and foremost, is very isolating. It's very scary. When somebody says something to you that there's something wrong with your child, you, you you immediately go into, you know, your flight or fight response. And How old was he when he was diagnosed? He was about three and a half, so I was driving to Hershey 3 days a week to get services for him. And you know, the services progressed and and we got some in Northeast PA and he had good, good services here. He had therapeutic staff support, which now they call BTs and he was getting speech therapy, occupational therapy, he did neurobiofeedback therapy, but the one thing that was missing was a friend. He had no friends. Um he was very socially ostracized because he was quirky He's on the high end of the of the spectrum, so he's a bright boy. But again, he was kind of quirky. Let's go back twenty three years, and that meant he had to go to school. He did. He was completely mainstreamed. Um, as I said, he was he's he's articulate, he's very bright, but the, the social cues, he just he, he didn't get any of that. Um, and he was still a rarity. He was, and I, and I hate to use the term guinea pig, but in my district, he was kind of the guinea pig kid that they. You know, they didn't know what to do with because he was high-functioning. So he was bullied terribly, and that, for me, was was just awful as a parent. Mm -hmm. So I went looking for a friend for him, and that's how I became involved with SAFE, and that was, oh, 16 years ago at this point. And I also met other parents that were going through the same things I was. And where were they from? They were from all over. They're from Lackawanna County, Luzerne County, Columbia County, Schuylkill County. For, they were from everywhere, and they, they too, were doing the same thing. For something for their child to do that made them, and I hate to use this term, child feel normal, let them be a kid where they never could. A lot of these children work so hard. They're in therapies all day long. They're with therapists, occupational speech you know, they're very regimented schedules. So to give them some free time is huge. So that's how I met my friends at SAFE. And um, we started and now my son is part of the adult Asperger group. He has continued all these years through. Um, they just went to Knoebels two weekends ago. You know, they go bowling, they, they do video game live, they've been to the Kirby Center. So he's maintained these friendships, which is huge for, for somebody on the spectrum. And when we're talking about that, again,
2: autism has now, fast forwarding 23 years, has now become such a mainstream word. It really has. Can you give our listeners a little bit of an insight into what exactly that, from your perspective? I mean, I know you're not a medical, but but let me tell you something. I know from my own experience that when you have to deal with something like this, you become very well versed.
3: <laughs> you do quickly. You, you get an education you never thought you would have. So um, what exactly does autism mean? Well, it's a neurological disorder. I, in my world, it was earth shattering. It was, it was earth shattering for me because y- you go into it thinking, oh, I'm going to have this beautiful baby and everything's going to be fine. And but so, it's not outward. So you wouldn't even know that to look at him no, when he's three. No. And I was older when I had my children, so I had nothing to gauge it on. He Now, in hindsight, I see he was very repetitive. Like I'd be like, oh, look at him. He's watching the same movie over and over again. He's a good baby. Yeah, but kids do that all the time. But then now I would see he would, you know, he had a little bit of OCD. He would line his trucks up. <clears throat> he, You know, things had to be a certain way. Um, tags drove him crazy, he had tactile issues. I know all that now, I didn't then. I, I, I don't really have an opinion on why the rate of autism is going up because it's such a controversial issue. That's my a... thought was always, I don't care why, I'm gonna do what I need to do to make my son function as best as he possibly can and be as independent as he can. And I think that's pretty much the goal of any parent, whether they're high functioning, nonverbal, verbal Most parents I know, that is their ultimate goal, is to get that child to live a happy, independent life. We're talking with uh, the ladies from SAFE. Let's bring Peggy
2: in here for a second. Peggy, you are, uh, you're involved with most of it getting the word out. Eileen has been telling us about her son and
0: her experience. Do you have a background in this as well? Uh, I am not a parent of an autistic child, but my sister is. My sister, my nephew is twenty four now. Unbelievable, but anyway. But again, we have that <laughs> that's that
2: span of yeah. time.
0: Yeah, and um, he's in New Jersey. He uh, he lives in New Jersey now. He always has, and things are a little different in Jersey and Pennsylvania, but similar. She, my sister was in a rural area of New Jersey, and she faced a lot of the same issues that Eileen did. At that time, with services, with friends, uh, with you know stuff to do and and programs to provide for him. So, in order to help her, I stumbled upon Safe here, and I attended when he was very young. I attended several meetings here uh, for Safe, and then kind of life, you know, I had my own daughter and I was involved with her stuff. So I was kind of in a distance involved, and then probably about three or four years ago, I came back working with Eileen and the SAFE staff, um, and started to do some photography for them and started to look at their social media and their website and try to help out in that way, and here we are today.
2: Yeah, and now (laughs) you're you're involved in so many different aspects of, of all of these things. Now, since you are involved in all of this, are you seeing for any chance, again, we're talking about this time span, Of children who were born 23, 24 years ago, and now up to today, social media must play a very big part of people getting together.
0: And, and you can find people. I mean, it was very difficult back uh, in the beginning stages for my sister uh, to find people who also had autistic children or who, had, who were similar to her in what they were looking for for their children or just who had autistic children at all um, because she was in a, a more rural area. But I think that is true. I think social media is huge. That's how the main way people communicate anymore, including us at the office, uh, people email us, text us, whatever. um, And that's how they get in touch with us now, which, of course, 23 years ago was nonexistent. Exactly. that's huge. And we're also able to get the word out. And huge for us is collaborating with other people, and that's all because of social media as well. We have nice collaborations with the Kirby, with Geisinger, with a lot of the local uh, behavior therapists, a lot of the local organizations with autism we collaborate with. We share their stuff, they share ours, and that's been huge for our families because now if it's not our event, they can see somebody else is having an event and they'll think, oh, the Kirby's putting on a sensory-friendly show. That's awesome. We'll go to that.
2: Yes, we've seen a lot, uh, again, in the the span of time. So, Eileen, give us a little bit of a background background now as to what your safe group does with these families because again it's not therapy it's
3: fun it is um we that's again we get to do the fun stuff we try to do social outings said we we took 62 people yesterday to montage and they had the park from 9 to 11 privately Montage has been great about giving us a really discounted rate for that because a lot of our families, A, can't afford to bring a family of six or eight to a water park for the day, or they have the problem, they get there and the kid has a meltdown and everybody's got to leave. So we try to create environments that are inclusive in the community, but are safe environments that if a child does have a meltdown or, you know, is having an issue, that it's okay. And they're not looked at and they're not frowned upon. Mm -hmm. Um, We try to go, as I said, we have swim programs, we have music programs, we have art programs. Uh, We recently just moved into our new office. We're now located on 1325 North River Street in Plains because we were tornadoed out last year. Yes, you were. Which was very, very difficult. Our office over there was a gift in kind to us from the Tambor family. So we've increased our overhead tremendously by moving. So we take donations. But our programs are awesome. Just look on our Facebook page, as Peggy said, our social media, our website, social media. We update our programs probably weekly. We go bowling. We go camping. We're offering private swim lessons at Camp Orchard Hill, the Valley Country Club in um, the Hazelton area. So we have a lot going on. Um, We want our families to come out to meet each other. And again, just to have fun and let kids be kids. Uh, We have programs from it's called My Special Person and Me from 0 to 7. We have Pals and Teens. And then we have the Adult Asperger Group, too.
2: Peggy, when we're talking about all of these um, different activities, Do you look for people to donate, as Eileen mentioned, Montage, the Montage Water Park? So what if there is someone listening who's thinking, well, I'm in an area and I've never been approached by the folks from SAFE. Would that
0: be something that you would welcome? Definitely. We're always looking for new members. uh, As Montage, as an example, while we were there, families who didn't know about us came through just to go to Montage themselves. And it gave us an opportunity then to talk to them and give them our information about becoming a member. It seemed like there's a lot of families who maybe the kids are here for the summer, and we would welcome them as well to to come do the activities, uh, join our group. We have a, um, a $35 a year membership fee, but that covers not only the child on the spectrum, but the whole family at all of our events. Um, you know, I'm going to say 99% of our events are at no cost to the families because a lot of our families can't afford to do these activities unless, you know, we're there to help them.
2: That's wonderful. Yeah. So yeah, let's so. let's say, again, there's somebody who maybe has a fleet of vehicles or a bus line or something, and they're hearing this and they're thinking, well, maybe Peggy and Eileen would like to take their kids to the Poconos or something.
0: That would be awesome. And we do have families that say, oh, my gosh, I'd love to go here or there, but I have no way to get there. And right now kind of our solution for that is you have to, if you can get to one meeting, you can make friends. And once you start making friends, then, of course, through making friends, maybe you can get a ride or you can find a way there. If we had a way to get people there, that would really expand, I think, our population, so um, our family population. So, Um, that would be awesome. We would, anything. We, we love to collaborate. We're all about promoting you. You help us. We'll promote you. Um, we're all, we're setting up our website. We've revamped it, but we are going to have a referral page for different groups and different companies that, um, would like to be on a referral page that can provide assistance to our families as well.
2: I'm fascinated by the fact that just 20 years ago, so many people were without and had no idea where to turn, and now folks like you are available, Mm -hmm. there's so many others that are available.
0: Well, I always say to my sister and Eileen that these guys were really the pioneers, so they were, you know, unfortunately maybe for them, but the kids today really truly benefit from kids like Eileen's Michael and my nephew Jack because they've they've gone through the war already, and you don't have to reinvent the wheel at this point for them, right? Mm -hmm. So. So Eileen, come on back in here now. And I kind of want to piggyback
3: on something that Peggy said. um, If you call our office, which is um, 570-822-7259, and you're looking for services, we have tons of resources that we can give them phone numbers for. There's different therapies all over Northeast PA, whether it's behavior, cognitive. We have a list that we can give them. We don't say specifically use X, Y, and Z, but we can certainly, we have the resources to help them find where they need to go. So not only are you fun, but you're helpful. Well, we try to. (laughs) We also partner with Geisinger ADMI, their autism research group, and they've been fantastic for us. They fund a lot of our programs and they are doing the genetic component of it. So the families can do a genetic testing through Geisinger and it's at no cost to them. So that's huge because genetic testing is cost prohibitive if you, you don't have the means for it. Please call the office. We have the resources to help the people and not just the fun stuff. You know, we are there to help them get the help they need. Can you imagine what your life would have been like? Had it been now instead of
2: 23 years ago, and you came to meet you, hmm. wouldn't that have? <laughs> well, been, that's a question. <laughs> wouldn't
3: that have it, been something? It, exactly, <laughs> it would have. But again, Northeast PA is probably one of the best places in the country for autism services, and. Uh, I know people who've moved here for the services. It, it really is a good area for the autism services. So once again, give us the information. How
2: do people get in touch with SAFE?
3: They can call us at 570-822-7259 or our website, www.autismsafe.org or email at autismsafe.org. Plus we got Facebook, we've got Twitter,
2: we've got Instagram, we've got yeah, all of it. Everything that's coming down the pike, these ladies will be there. And that Safe Drive for Autism golf fundraiser is at Wyoming Valley Country Club Monday with a 9 a.m. tea time. You can still get involved, whether you would like to be a sponsor or a participant. You can get in touch with them through their Facebook page or their website. Now don't go away. More special edition to come. Welcome back to Special Edition. Next, we introduce you to Joe Berace. He's going to tell us about the 7th Annual 3-on-3 Memorial Cody Berace Basketball Tourney and continue Cody's commitment for organ donation awareness. The events are happening on August 10th, and Joe is here to tell us more about those as well as his brother, Cody. You have a big event coming up. Tell us a little bit about the history of it.
4: We do. Uh, so we have actually two events. It's uh, Continue Cody's Commitment, which is at night. It's a party to celebrate organ donation awareness. Um, but it really all started with a basketball tournament during the day. Uh, shortly after brother passed away, a couple of his buddies decided they wanted to do something to remember him. He always loved to compete and play basketball, and so they decided on a three-on-three basketball tournament. Uh, it starts in the morning at 8 a.m. over at Prep at the Xavier Center. We have teams from fifth grade all the way through adult, uh, men's and women's, and competitive and non-competitive. So it's a great way we could all get together and remember my brother, Cody.
2: Let's talk a little bit about your brother, Cody. Tell us about him.
4: Uh, He was an amazing individual. Uh, Unfortunately, his life uh, was taken too soon. He passed away right before he was about to graduate from Penn State. He was about to go to law school afterwards. Um, But more importantly, he was a a great friend and brother. Uh, I, I got the opportunity to spend a year at Penn State with him. Uh, we were three years apart, so it was a really fun time. To, uh, I was a senior, he was a freshman, and we really got to know each other as grown-ups and not just brothers. Uh, it was fun for me. He, uh, he was very personable and loved, loved talking to people, loved being with people, uh, loved competing against people. He was just a great person.
2: And you were the older I'm the, the older brother, yes. So there was probably a lot of teasing and probably a lot of, oh, look at that smile. Yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> we uh, we always had a good time with each other. Uh, whether it was competing uh, on a basketball court, uh, an argument, uh, there was always a good time to be had when the two of us were together.
2: And the two of you grew up in Scranton?
4: We did. Uh, we both went to school on Southside at Nativity and then went to uh education and prep and then both at Penn State.
2: And now um, you're remembering his legacy with basketball. Is that something that everybody at Nativity, I, I know Nativity was big when it came to basketball.
4: Yeah, we uh, growing up playing basketball, grade school basketball was, was quite large for the two of us. Um, it's kind of where we learned to play. Uh, after that, I, I played for a freshman year prep, and uh, I believe my brother did as well. Uh, he loved it. He, he unfortunately got a few injuries along the way, but he always liked to compete.
2: So now you're he has his friends that from Penn State or are these going back to nativity nativity
4: days? Uh, Penn State uh, prep uh, all of the above uh, it's it's a great group of guys and girls for that matter uh, the, the the foundation committee is about fifteen um, spanning Cody's entire life mm. and so it's a it's great for my family we get to reconnect with Cody's friends uh, on a monthly basis at least and then uh, really get to get to come together in, in August.
2: When uh, you're talking about this, it's not the first year that the three-on-three has happened. Tell us about that.
4: Yeah, so this is the seventh year. Uh, When the tournament started, we had about 15 teams. Last year, we were up to 98 teams. It was the biggest year yet.
2: 98?
4: 98, yeah. So last year was the first year we added middle school, which was a nice help. Um, my friends and I are starting to become a little old to be playing competitive basketball.
2: No! <laughs> so it gets,
4: it gets interesting when we're playing. Uh, as some of my friends start to uh, decide to just come to the night event and, and have some fun, uh, we're looking for younger kids to come out and play and really get to know
2: who Cody was and uh, get to teach them uh, about his spirit. And as far as three-on-three three is concerned, this takes over a lot of downtown Scranton.
4: Uh, so ours is actually all indoors at at Scranton Prep. Oh, okay. Um, we it starts eight in the morning for middle school, and then in the afternoon is when the adults play. So there's a nice. Uh, it's nice to see the kids kind of grow older as the day goes on.
2: <laughs> as the day goes on, yes. and then your group comes in. Then my group comes in <laughs> and cleans up the floor exactly. after everybody's done. Exactly. Now, what is this? Is this night event? Is that something new?
4: It is. So we started it a few years ago. Um,
2: and I'm calling it three-on-three, three, but it's not three-on-three. So three.
4: yeah, the, the morning is three-on-three three basketball, but oh, at night okay. we have the event called Continue Cody's Commitment. It's a night that we try to mainly highlight organ donation. Um, so it's a great event. We've got food from about 20 different food vendors throughout the area. Uh, that's going to be an open bar. Daddy-O is playing. And uh, this year we moved our venue uh, to the Ritz in downtown Scranton. Um, so we try to highlight both who my brother was and organ donation. So throughout the night... We have uh, a video that will play that kind of highlights who Cody was, some of the people that have received organs, and kind of what impact that's had on their lives. So we try to kind of educate the public a little bit and also get people to sign up and become an organ owner.
2: Is that part of Cody's legacy as well?
4: It was. His last and final act was to donate seven of his organs to nine different people. Uh, So through him, nine different people have got to continue their lives. Um, This past uh, spring, we got to go out and meet uh, one of the people who got his kidney He was able to walk across the stage for graduation, and uh, seeing that was a very powerful experience for both myself, my mom, and my dad, and uh, it's something amazing that we could see Cody's legacy continue to live on uh, and brighten other people's days.
2: And how fortunate you all were that you were able to, because a lot of times, and maybe you can explain that as well, that sometimes organ donation is a totally anonymous thing, but in this case, it wasn't.
4: Yes, so after uh, Cody passed away and his organs were donated, uh, we did not know any of the donor families and none of them knew who we were. Uh, we had the opportunity to write them and then they ha- had the opportunity to write us back through uh, the OPO, which is the people that coordinate the organ donation transplant. And so they do it th- this way to kind of keep uh, some feelings out and be able to kind of anonymously say thank you. Uh, after the first initial back and forth, you have the opportunity to kind of learn who each other uh, are. Um, this past person I found out actually found us through uh, our Instagram and Facebook. We were promoting or donation awareness month. Uh, he knew that Cody, when he passed away, um, it was it was on the news, so some publicity happened, and he reached out to us uh, through oh. that. And it was a really uh, an amazing feeling from myself and my family.
2: Yeah, that's uh, that is, and you you never know what lives you're going to touch. Exactly. So what are you going to be doing that evening then? Are you going to be um, giving organ donation cards? Are you going to have more information on how to do that?
4: Yes, so we'll have some information on how to do that. We'll also have uh, places there that you could sign up to be an organ owner right at the event. And anyone could actually just sign up um, going online. You could actually go to our website at codybraesfoundation.com. There's a link there that will take you to exactly how to become an organ owner.
2: Now, as far as all of the event is concerned, first of all, When is it happening?
4: It's August 10th. Um, The basketball event takes place in the morning, 8 a.m. at prep. The continuing co commitment is 8 p.m. at the Ritz in downtown Scranton.
2: And as far as getting involved, are you still looking for teams?
4: Yes, we're definitely still looking for teams um, of all ages. So middle school, high school, adults, men's and women's, uh, please come out and play. It's It's a great day and we'd love to have you there.
2: And as far as the evening event is concerned, tickets at the door, in advance, how does that work? You
4: could sign up online for tickets, um, or you could just come to the, the door and, and uh, we get tickets there.
2: And how much are tickets?
4: Tickets are $30 for volunteers and players and $50 for uh, regular adults.
2: Oh, so anybody can go. You can so you, go. Don't, yep. have to you be... don't have to
4: be... You don't have to play basketball. You can just come out and enjoy the night if you want with us.
2: Now, Joe, as far as the whole event is concerned, you've taken on something new this year in as far as you're expanding into the organ donations?
4: Yeah, so one of the things, uh, actually last February we started, it's called OTAP, uh, Organ Transplant Assistance Program. Um, local families in our area that are going through a transplantation uh, tend to have high financial costs. So not just with the surgery, it's the, the ongoing care, the, the trips to the hospital, uh, the tolls, the hotel stays for their family. And so we're, one of the reasons we're doing this is to help raise money for them. So in the past year we gave out over thirty thousand dollars to families in our area and um, so if you have gotten a transplant or you're going through a transplant um please reach out to us we're, we're happy to help in any way we can uh you could do that through our website as well uh so it's
2: OTEP. OTEP, yeah and where did that come from
4: uh again we were we wanted to take what was bad for us and, and help somebody else out so this event has helped us uh, put, put a spotlight on this and also help raise some funds. And so we want to put that back into community, help some local families out that, that need assistance. And uh, we know how troubling of a time it is. We don't want them to, have to worry about the financial burden besides the, the medical and the emotional needs. So,
2: so all of that stays local?
4: All of that stays local. All the local businesses, all the money that comes in, we try to reinvest that back locally into our community.
2: And I'm assuming that you're also looking for donations for OTEP.
4: Uh, we are so all the donations that come in um, will be going out to going back out to the community. So um, any donation helps. Um, thank yeah.
2: So when you're talking about the um, the basketball, you're talking about the evening event, and even just people who may spread the word now that this they can just send you a donation.
4: Yes, they can just send us a donation at any time. We'll, we'll take your money any time of the year. It, <laughs> it doesn't have to be before the tournament, but um, yeah. So uh, any donation helps, um, and, and not just donations. If you are in need, we'd love to help you out. So please reach out to us, and, and we'd be happy to help.
2: And everything, what's that website again?
4: com. Okay, I'm
2: going to ask you one more time now. Run down the day in August to give us all the details, yep. the where, the when, the how much. You got it.
4: So everything is August 10th. In the morning, we have the three-on-three basketball tournament at 8 a.m. Uh, it starts there. Uh, adults start around noon. Continuing Cody's commitments at 8 p.m. It goes to around 11. Uh, there will be... Daddy on the sax playing. It's at uh, the Ritz in downtown Scranton.
2: Excellent. Go ahead. Give him the invitation. Come on down.
4: So uh, please come out. We'd love to have you play basketball. And if you're not, if you don't feel like playing basketball, come out at night. Have a beer with us. Have some food. Enjoy. Remember my brother and uh, know what it is to be an organ donor.
2: And you could probably use some cheerleaders too. Always, always. Male and female. Exactly. <laughs> Don't forget that three-on-three basketball tournament is coming up on August 10th during the day. It's being held at Scranton Prep also coming up that evening at the Ritz Theater in Scranton on Wyoming Avenue from 8 until 11. Continue Cody's commitment. It's open to the public to celebrate the life of Cody Berace and support organ donation awareness in our area. More special edition to come. And we're back with more special edition. What would the summer be without festivals, picnics, and bazaars? Of course, it means a perfect time to get together with maybe those you don't see always throughout the year, but it also means an opportunity to help organizations that are trying to raise funds to keep going and enjoy some of those delicious homemade foods. Now we'd like to introduce you to Mike McMahon. He's the Assistant Fire Chief with the Harwood Fire Department. They have a bazaar coming up in August, and there's some food there you won't want to miss. Mike, you're back, and I said we were going to have you back. Now, you have a big party coming up. We'll talk about that in a moment, but first, really? You got an engine?
5: Yes, we did. Uh, about uh, the end of May, we located a fire engine in Long Island, New York. It's been serving in Bethpage, uh, New York, for almost 20 years. It was, uh, it's a 1998, and uh, it was for the right price. It needs a little bit of work, but nothing crazy. Uh, We have it at our station in Harwood right now. We've been working on it for the last month diligently, attempting to uh, repaint it, get lighting upgrades done on it, and get tools mounted in the appropriate places. So that way, when it's done getting all of its services, Hopefully, by the end of August, we'll be able to put this into frontline service.
2: That is wonderful. Give us a little bit for our our listeners who weren't tuned in maybe the last time that we talked about this. What was the whole impetus behind you getting this new engine?
5: So, uh, presently, even right now, we're running a 1984 Pierce Arrow pumper, which is, uh, number one, it's a 1984. Number two, it's in its better days, and uh, it's getting tired. So, we've been in the market for a... Newer used fire engine for quite some time now, and uh, finally we were able to come across one that is uh, equal to actually better with the the pump size and the tank size for the water. And the uh, engine we purchased is in immaculate condition. And to go along with it, that that engine has a lot of history behind it. Uh, it's been in service in Long Island, New York, since 1998. So in 2001, that engine assisted in carrying several. Uh, good men to their final resting place.
2: Wow. When we're talking about um, the fact that you're the assistant chief of Harwood, now bring us up to speed on that. Where are you located? Again, for our listeners who may not be familiar with that area.
5: Harwood Fire Company is in southern Luzerne County, uh, Hazelton area. We're part of Hazel Township, 874 Old Street. Um, We've been in service this year for 70 years. This will be our 70th year of service. Congratulations. To the uh, community. Uh, There was several fire departments in Hazel Township over all these years. We're the last of the Mohegans. There's the Hazel Township Fire Rescue, and we work in conjunction with them on all of their fire calls.
2: So about how many people do you have in your area that you're protecting?
5: Uh, Population-wise, I'd say a couple thousand. Uh, However, a large portion of our coverage area is industrial and uh, commercial businesses. So we might not have a lot of residences in the specific area that we are serving, but we service a lot of malls, industrial plants, and major businesses in the area as well.
2: And for any of our listeners who may be familiar with that, it wasn't but uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago that you were involved, called out to the uh, industrial park for a tractor-trailer fire. And that... Can be very scary.
5: Yes, uh, that that incident itself was actually uh, quite concerning because of the uh, the building we went to is uh, United States Cold Storage, and that is a gigantic refrigerator. And you don't want to wor- you have to worry about the release of gases that assist in keeping that entire building cold. Uh, I was in the area when the call came in, so I was on scene within thirty seconds. And it wasn't just a vehicle fire. It was a tractor, a trailer, and six other trailers, and the fire had already started spreading into the building. So <gasps> this immediately went to a second alarm fire, and we had a call in multiple hands from all over Lower Luzerne County to assist in the extinguishment of the fire.
2: Wow, that's uh, that can be very scary. And again, you know, when you're right on the scene of something like that, that's, ooh, you just pull up and, and you start to assess what you have to do and... Again, that was the reason behind getting a new truck, because Correct. you need to be able, and not only that, but you're also in that area of Interstate 80, 81, and you have an awful lot of things that you respond to there that's, again.
5: There's a lot of hazardous materials that come in and out of our area. Also, just passing through, with the turnpike being so close, uh, even stuff that's not produced in an area there are many things that are brought in or are just passing through on 80 and 81. So having newer apparatus that can perform up to today's standards is a very vital part of our jobs. Uh, one thing that our new engine has that our old one does not, it has an integrated foam system. So when you have like a fuel fire or a chemical fire that's burning that is just not extinguishing, we can turn on a section of the pump uh, for layman's terms and add water that's coming out of the hose. and that will assist in extinguishing. It puts a nice little layer over top of the chemical that's burning, and it puts it out very quickly.
2: So you really have to have quite a background correct, in order to decide, because everybody just thinks, oh, we're going in and we're going to start shooting water at it. But even in a house fire situation, you might not, You know, we, we get a lot of news stories about people that have guns and ammunition, and then all of a sudden... These things start going off, and you wouldn't even know that.
5: The first thing for any for any responder, whether it be a police officer, a firefighter, an EMT, a paramedic, is uh, scene safety. And they teach you that all the way through every program, every class that you take. When you pull up on the scene of emergency, the first thing, scene safety. Check for down power lines. Check for chemicals burning. Check for uh, unstable situations, unruly people on scene, uh, the possibility of any kind of life threat because – Yes, we are there to help you. We are here to help the general public. But what good are we if we are not alive because we didn't check scene safety? So our life safety is number one. Number two is the people that were there to help.
2: And that's also another good reason why when they say, don't drive over the hoses.
5: Correct. That is a major problem nowadays. Um, And it's a good way to end up with a fine and also damage to your vehicle. Uh, you're driving over hoses that are five and six inches in diameter. You drive over those and yes, you're gonna damage our hose and we're gonna be really mad and you're probably gonna get a fine from a police officer. but at the same time, you can damage your car significantly driving over that stuff.
2: yeah, that's a that's a big thing. So pay attention to the people on scene, the responders, to the uh, people that are called out to direct traffic, all that kind of
5: stuff. Now, how about some of the fun? You guys are throwing a party. Yes, we are throwing a party. This year will be our 19th annual Hardwood Fire Company Bazaar. It's our biggest fundraiser of the year, and this is what supports our fire company to keep it open every single year. Okay, when is this? Our bazaar starts the third weekend in August. It's August 16th, 17th, and 18th. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It uh, runs mainly in the evening. Friday night, we start about 4.30. Saturday, we'll open up around two in the afternoon. And we go till about eleven or one o'clock in the morning, <gasps> and then on Sunday we're open from six to or we're open from uh, noon till uh, ten t- o'clock at night. T- till
2: they toss you out. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Basically, basically. <laughs> now, of course, everybody has their bizarre things that they like to be- bring out
5: every year. What does Harwood have? Harwood has everything. That's why <laughs> I like to put it. Harwood has. All of the homemade food, and if I could list off some of that stuff, Absolutely. I've got a whole list here. Come right
2: up there. Let's make sure we have, everybody can hear you. Uh,
5: we have chicken fingers. We have French fries. We have our famous beef and cheddar sandwiches. Please don't let the price deter you. You are getting a half to three-quarter pound sandwich of beef and cheddar, and if you've been to the Hardwood Fire County Bazaar before, you know that we run out, usually before Sunday, and we have to go buy more supplies, so Ooh. come and check out our beef and cheddar sandwiches, they are absolutely amazing. Hot dogs, hamburgers, pizza, mozzarella sticks, corn on the cob, we have Mrs. T's pierogies, meatball hoagies, sausage and peppers, holushki pork and barbecue, homemade mac and cheese, and for the first time ever, we're doing our homemade potato pancakes. <gasps> oh! Now what are you in charge of? I am in charge of the bar and outside entertainment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Take us down to that end of the field now. So to go out to the night, the nightlife and outside, we have entertainment every night. On Friday night, we have the band Cartoon. They are playing from 7 to 11 p.m. We had them last year, a great turnout. They're a great band. They play a lot of classic rock and uh, 90s music, 80s music, and so forth. On Saturday night, we have Jacked Up Country playing. They're going to play from 7 to 11, directly following our firemen's parade, which is at 5 p.m. Okay, after Jacked Up Country is done, DJ Ray will be playing tunes, all your favorite hits from today and yesterday, from eleven PM until twelve thirty PM.
2: Nice. Or twelve thirty
5: AM. I apologize. And who said there's nothing to do? But then you on, come
2: back on Sunday.
5: We come back on Sunday. We are uh, we like I said, we open up at noon, and the uh, the bar is usually open around the same time. We have music starting at six PM. We have big country first time this year as well. They'll be playing from 6 to 10 p.m. We also have lots of drink specials and food specials on our Sundays as well. We want to get rid of that food, so if you want a good deal, (laughs) Sunday is the day to come. We're going to be helping everybody out with that. Now besides the food and entertainment games or anything like that? We have lots of games and we'd like to see more kids show up at our event. We have an entire parking lot filled with, uh, All sorts of games that we have come in from outside contract providers. And this year we're hoping to have a kids zone in the back of the building area with uh, more easy games, ring tosses and so forth. That's going to be sponsored by the Boy Scouts of America.
2: Oh, nice. So they'll be able to go and take part in that and the Boy Scouts can have some fun as well.
5: Correct. And we're going to be helping those Boy Scouts get community service hours towards the badges that they need to meet with uh, their their tenure with the uh, Boy Scouts. So that it's it's a win-win for everybody. Correct. Now, where are you located? We are located at 874 Old Street in Hazel Township, Pennsylvania. It be the Harwood Mines section. And if
2: people are coming 81 south
5: and... If you're coming 81 south from the wilkes area, we would be exit 143, the Humboldt Industrial Park. Make a left at the end of the ramp. Go up to the uh, first intersection. Maybe a right-hand turn and just follow the signs from there. If you're coming from... The, uh, the north, or from the south, uh, Frackville, Schuylkill County area, you can come up and get off of the same exit as 143. When you get off you follow the ramps straight around and the first right hand turn you can make is the entrance to Harwood, follow the signs right into the grounds.
2: I know exactly where you are, and you
5: but you will have signs. Oh, there'll be signs everywhere. All over the Hazleton area. As soon as you start getting close, there's signs on every state route, 93, 309, so everybody can find their way to where we're <laughs> located, which is actually off of state route nine twenty-four.
2: Oh, okay. So that that also so in case anybody's GPSing or checking their maps or whatever, they can they can go and they can look. I'm so excited for you. Folks, you're great. You got your you got the engine. Now uh, the the big bazaar is coming up again. So I'm going to turn it over, Mike McMahon, Assistant Chief for the Harwood Fire Company. You tell us the dates, the times,
5: and give everybody the invitation. The bazaar is August 16th, 17th, and 18th. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Each day we're open at 4:30. Friday, Saturday we open at two. Sunday we open at noon. And we go until well after dark. Come out, have some fun, support the fire company. As I said, we do a lot of great things for the community. And without your support, we wouldn't be here today.
2: And are you going to have the new engine on display?
5: We are hoping to. The engine is getting a lot of work done. So it may be in service by that point. If not, uh, it'll be in service within a week or two after the bazaar. So spit and polish, and maybe it'll be
2: there. If not, there'll be a picture.
5: Correct. Yeah, there there will be at least some pictures of the new apparatus with the, with the old apparatus there. Uh, like I said, it's uh, we're working every single day at getting this project going. It's very time consuming.
2: Thanks, Mike, and good luck with that new engine and the bazaar coming in August. Also, a quick reminder that the Veterans Ride number 20, the salute to veterans, is coming up on Sunday morning at the Geno Murley Center in Scranton. Stop by, see the motorcycles, and visit with the wonderful veterans at Geno Murley. Also, coming up on Monday, it is that big golf tournament to benefit safe, supporting autism and families everywhere. And again, you can find out more by visiting their Facebook page as well as their website. I'm Paula Dagnan, and thank you again for joining us on Special Edition.
1: Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. A production of Intercom Communications.